I'm your host, Joshua Howe, and as always, we'll be discussing the latest and greatest in the realm of Raptors basketball, from Scotty Barnes' vibes to Pascal Siakam's spins. Today, I'm going solo once again to talk about the Raptors week that was, hit on a couple uh, particular topics here that I want to discuss, and uh, then quickly sort of hash out the next few games that'll be going on. Um, for the rest of this coming week. So, uh, as is typical of these, I'm recording on a Tuesday, Tuesday evening, uh, you know, January 18th. So, Raptors don't play tonight. Um, just coming off of a uh, close game against the Miami Heat. Kyle Lowry less Miami Heat. Um, so, Raptors have yet to play Lowry still this season so now we kind of wait and see if that game is going to happen next month in february um kyle every return game who knows who knows at this point who knows if there'll be fans in toronto uh for that game yeah who knows who knows if kyle's gonna play in that game um who knows if all the raptors will be playing in that game who knows there have been no normal games it feels like this season uh yet again so i don't know what have we had like it feels like we've had like four seasons in the past two it's it's really really weird anyway um but i'm already getting off on a bit of a tangent so let's just uh start off with um um the Dwayne casey curse how about that so the raptors had been on a six game win streak and then they lost a tough matchup to the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, who lead the Western Conference, by the way. Um, and the Raptors were kind of looking like themselves again. They found themselves playing back to their identity, mostly as partly because the roster had been largely as healthy as it had been all season long. And that includes Siakam having, you know, been a bit he's increasingly removed from returning from his shoulder injury. So. He is uh, only continuing to get healthier there and more comfortable and um, just playing like his old all-star level self. And uh, so, you know, the Raptors were... And, and, you know, to be fair, they were playing against some depleted opponents for sure coming over to Toronto. Not everybody made the trip or there were guys who were injured or um, whatever, guys in health and safety protocols. So, yeah, sure, the Raptors were getting some breaks there, but so what? I mean, that's what life is now in the NBA and that's you know they've had things go against them needless to say um including a whole season in Tampa so who really cares but uh yeah the Raptors won six straight games then they lost one to the Suns and then uh, a tight one which they played really well and then they played against the Pistons and uh yeah I mean I don't I'm not really sure how else to describe it other than, uh, you know, 
Dwayne Casey curse. That's what everybody wants to call it. I mean, it's kind of it's pretty funny in my opinion, um, because I mean I I'm not a superstitious person. I don't believe there actually is a curse, uh, and I'm you know quite sure it's it it is just a basketball thing every time. But uh, it is pretty funny that the Raptors. They managed to find a way. They're playing such great basketball. Managed to find a way to lose to the Pistons again. Yet again. The fifth straight game. uh, Losing to the Pistons. Which dates back to last season. And. Wow. Just wow. Just the the version of the Raptors we had seen. That were winning games. um, Playing very good opponents. Very hard. Just weren't there. Didn't show up in that game. I mean, it was just a lifeless game. Brutal to watch, right? Not not a pretty game at all. The Raptors dug themselves in a rut early, and they never recovered. Um, you know, I mean, they uh, one of the things they did do, Casey had his guys snuffing some space from Siakam and Van Vliet off ball early on, um, which it didn't seem like. Siakam and Van Vliet were really ready for. Uh, it felt like a game that the Raptors kind of seemed like they could waltz into and turn it on when they needed to and just pull out the win, um, obviously, which is not something that happened. But, um, yeah, as a Nurse said it post-game, that, you know, there's a lot of these road games in particular that they've come out and recently and had uh, throughout the course of the season. They just, it, it, you know, they... They just weren't ready enough right away. And, um, you know, sometimes that happens and it happened to you against the Pistons and it just was so weird happening in the middle of such a great streak of basketball otherwise. But, um, you know, credit to Dwayne Casey. He always gets his guys to play hard against Toronto. Every single time they match up, he just seems to get... Says something to them. Who knows? I mean, there must be some of the greatest speeches ever, right? Like some kind of Space Jam speech going on before the game and at halftime to just uh, get all those guys revved up and ready to go and um, play their little hearts out and uh, just continue to beat the Raptors. Um, and uh, Nick Nurse, who was uh, Casey's assistant at one point. So it's just kind of wild. Uh, the Pistons, you know, they they won. So, yeah, the five straight games against Toronto. Against the rest of the league, against the rest of the league in that same span, they are 16 61 so not good very very bad um during that span uh yeah it's just it's just wild that they somehow managed to beat the raptors five straight times and yet they just have such a poor record against everybody else kind of weird um i mean Dwayne casey himself is eight and three um prior to last season, the season before last season, uh, which, you know, at this point, everything's starting to run together. So I guess 2019-20, the Raptors did win uh, all three matchups that season and then haven't won any since. But so Casey's record is 8-3 and three since being fired by the Raptors. And it's funny because, you know, some people, it goes back to why we people call the Dwayne Casey curse. Um, some people look at it as karma, right? Casey had, um, you know, one of his best seasons um, with the Raptors in 2017-18, um, and the Raptors had one of its, you know, one of their best seasons as a 
as a club, as a franchise. And, um, you know, Dwayne Casey wound up winning coach of the year that year. And, uh, you know, the offseason came and it was pretty clear that the Raptors, as currently constructed, weren't a championship team. I mean, they played incredible basketball in the regular season and they flamed out now infamously against the Cleveland Cavaliers in that 2018 series. Um, and, uh, you know, the, obviously this, this Kawhi and Spurs relationship broke down. Everybody knows at this point, you know, Messi, Messi saw an, an opening and took it and made the uh, DeRozan trade. Um, and one of the other things that happened that same offseason was um, the Raptors firing Dwayne Casey um, because, you know, who who knows exactly? Sometimes things happen in certain orders, and maybe they wouldn't have if other th- if things had happened in a different order. But needless to say, the Raptors felt like they needed a refresh there um, at the head coaching spot, and so they swapped out Casey for Nurse. Um, so you know, Casey goes from winning a Coach of the Year award to being fired uh, with a very close uh, in a very close time frame, and they actually. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I believe um, it's just it's just it's, it's not a thing that happens very often, right? And obviously, then Casey ends up going to over to the um, Pistons, and so some people now are looking at the situation as is with Casey um, continuously just beating on beating up on the Raptors repeatedly over and over as. Uh, karma, some form of karma from the, for the Rogers franchise that, you know, they fired him and uh, made a trade for Kawhi and they went on and they won an NBA title in 2019, but the penance for <laughs> doing Casey dirty, as some believe, um, firing him when he w- had been good enough to win coach of the year, uh, you know, it has resulted in the Raptors just being unable to beat the Pistons for God knows how long, for as long as it goes on, I guess. Um, just uh, continuously losing there. So, um, like I said, I'm not a, much of a superstitious person. I do think it's pretty funny that that's like a storyline, that that's a narrative. People, um, some actually believe and some just like to, to poke fun at, but I do think it is pretty funny. Um, realistically, though, I mean, Casey just does get the Pistons to play really hard in the matchups against the Raptors and um, you know, in, in the NBA, any team can beat any other team on any given night. So uh, the Raptors, I mean, the next time they play the Pistons, if they go in and they're ready and, you know, they're healthy and, and all that, then they should have a pretty good chance to win that game. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who, just, who knows what's going to happen there? It's just weird. What a weird game, especially in the midst of the – of the winning stretch that they've been on. So bizarre. Um, but anyways, otherwise, the Raptors have been playing really well. Um, Pascal Siakam, especially. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet has been on, you know, had been on an all-star tear. Um, just a string of 30-plus point games. Um has slowed down a little bit here in terms of just the, the pure scoring. Uh, you know, teams are f- keying in on him a lot more here, um, trying to prevent him from doing things he likes to do, in particular when he's on ball. 
and uh, probing and stuff, right? I mean, one of the we saw we saw that uh, in the last game against Miami, they were just you know anytime he got the ball and was trying to go anywhere with it, um, they were just you know zeroed in on him, right? As soon as he got far enough into the paint, multiple guys coming at him, um, you know they didn't want to give him any space at all, and uh, a lot of the shots he ended up making that game um, were either. Uh, spot ups that came from off ball movement, or um, you know, pull ups in transition, that kind of thing, where you know, he just has some space already there. But in the half court, yeah, it's his rough. So um, you know, that's kind of the inge- adjustment period that comes with uh, the territory, right? If you're playing like an all star, you're dropping thirty all the time. I mean, teams are gonna adjust to that eventually and um, start to guard you different. And uh, the Raptors. You know they have been have been led by Van Vliet recently in the scoring column a lot, so that's going to take a bit of adjustment from them as well. And um, you know it's uh, largely come in the form of Siakam just continuing to play better and better. And I mean like all around, right? He's not only is he uh, scoring well and um, in a variety of ways too, right? Not just like not just spinning to the bat to the bucket, even though we, you know it's even a joke in the intro of this podcast. But I mean. Um, the guy doesn't just spin. He has he has tons of moves. Um, and, and you know he's developed his mid range game so well over the past like couple seasons. Um, that he really has a lot of stuff to work with now. A lot of counters. Um, he'll explode to the rim when he can. He's still lightning quick. Uh, and has that length and he does have his spin and that kind of stuff and is able to, um, finish. Uh, in the post and things like that, but he's also got, you know, faders in the mid range now and then just, uh, you know, catching, um, on the roll and the short roll and he'll pull up f- from there on the catch, um, pick and pops. Uh, and, uh, one of my favorites, he's got this added this little, uh, push shot foul, foul line and inwards a little bit push shot, uh, which is just such a perfect counter to, pretty much anything right I mean that's just the type of shot that if, if he's looking for it he's going to be able to get it because I mean defenses have to allow something right I mean a defense a defense can't cover everything it's just impossible you have to decide what you're going to uh, try to prevent and then live with the things that you're leaving open and so um that that type of shot where Siakam is not getting right to the rim because the defense has kind of walled that off and made that difficult. Um, he's not taking a three because guys have chased him off the line or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, someone's come out even even in the mid-range maybe to contest a shot. He's gotten a little past them. And then the next option he has suddenly is to jump up and, and do this kind of mid-range key level um, push shot. I mean, just what a great counter, right? And he's, and he's been great at that. He's been hitting those a lot. Um during the the recent stretch of basketball he's been playing um just crushing those and uh that's the kind of thing again he's going to get it every time um just because like again defenses can't cover anything so they're they're going to allow him to take those kinds of shots i mean i mean they'll try to guard him uh on some of those but uh you know he's going to be able to get them because they just won't be priority there so they've already done their job if they walled off walled off the basket and gotten him off the three-point line so there you go um i just that's something i've really enjoyed about siakam's game recently but yeah he's been great uh, scoring there and then uh, rebounding you know we've recently had the jokes about just uh, team siakam's teammates calling him pascal rodman because of how hard he'd been rebounding 
Um, that's been an increased focus for him there. So, you know, uh, doing well on that end. And then um, the playmaking the last couple games in particular. He's had at least 10 assists in the last two games. Um, I believe exactly 10 assists um, in each of the last two games. And, I mean, just putting on passing clinics, right? Like, I mean, this dude's throwing, like, cross-court skip passes in the half-court. Like, that's high-level stuff, man. That's, like, LeBron James-level passes. I mean, um, you know, Luka Doncic passes. Like, these are not... These are all NBA-level passes. I mean, um, he's just seeing the floor so well. He knows exactly where everybody is. Um, He's able to, um, you know, manipulate the defense um, rather than just react to it. He's finally reach that stage consistently uh you know every read is on time ahead of time even um yeah it's just it's been uh fantastic and in pretty much every situation and um you know it's partly why even in um situations so in like the fred van vliet siakam pick and roll has been great for the raptors um in terms of scoring they almost always get a bucket out of it and you know it's not always Van Vliet is the handler and Siakam as the roller, even though it is a lot of the time and those situations do usually work out really well because they're both very, very good at those particular spots. But also, uh, Van Vliet is a very good screener, an underrated screener as well, on and off the ball. And um, Siakam is an underrated handler, right? He can he makes a lot of very, very good decisions there um, in those types of situations too. So, yeah, I mean... Guy's just crushing it from every angle. And then the defense, too. I mean, his defense has, has picked up as well. Um, I mean, everybody was kind of lagging in the Detroit game to some degree. But in general, his defense has picked back up. And, I mean, when when Siakam is locked in on defense, like there are very, very few guys in the league who cover ground the way he does um, off the ball as a rover in particular the way he can go from, like, being on one side of the floor to closing out on the other side of the floor in, like, the blink of an eye. I mean, the guy is so fast. He has such good lateral quickness. Um, He's so long, uh, you know, and generally so disciplined that he just is is fantastic at, uh, you know, streaking around the floor like that and and causing uh, disruptions that way or at least contested difficult looks. So... Yeah, Siakam looking back to form, and I kind of wanted to touch on that because he's been partly why the Raptors have been so great recently, and the core trio in particular, you know, OG included, um, they're really starting to find a bit of a a rhythm here recently, and then they've had to because uh, the rest of the team has been a bit tough. And that was just the one other thing I wanted to talk about here to kind of close out this podcast was just how thin at the margins this team remains and you saw that against Miami and uh, against Phoenix and you know some of the top level teams as well I mean the Raptors they also managed to beat Milwaukee with Giannis which was extremely impressive um, but I mean that might have been I mean it, it literally may have been the best regular season game of Pascal Siakam's career I don't know I mean it's it's right up there but uh, yeah the Raptors they're still kind of thin at the margins, right? Um, I mean, it's tough because Scotty Barnes, who's a starter, really, um, 
is dealing with some injuries stuff and has played a little bit, but he's been kind of been in and out and, you know, came back and played a game but wasn't feeling right, and, and there's that kind of stuff going on with him, so it's a bit tough to make full-on judgments of, you know, how he's performing right now even. Um, and even then, when he's on the floor, like, he needs to be out there. Um, but, like, the Raptors just have a – their benches not very good, right? It's one of the worst in the league statistically. And even with Chris Boucher playing much better recently, which he has, he has been playing very well the last little bit, um, moving back to a more confined, condensed role. He's playing very well within that role. Um, you know, the shooting from three, you still wish would be a little bit better, but, um, you know, he's finding other ways to score and he's being aggressive and providing energy and that's what you need at that kind of spot. So, you know, he's playing better there. But the Raptors just don't seem to have a lot of options right now that Nurse is comfortable going with and it's one of these things, right? So, like, they played against the Heat this past game and Nurse played a rotation of seven guys and the seventh guy, Justin Champagny, I mean, he only played, like, nine minutes. Nurse said post-game that he ended up dislocating his thumb actually um i believe his thumb and uh he was okay to actually go back into the game but he he didn't end up playing much in the second half and yeah so he only played like nine minutes so really the rotation was like six guys and it's tough because clearly nurse isn't that comfortable playing some of the deeper uh, bench guys right like malachi flynn um Sfima Hyaluk. Uh, you know, Delano Banton has fallen out a bit of rotation, and um, and and it's tough because, on some to some degree, it's like yeah, I mean, you, you're trying to win games, you want to get to the playoffs, and Nurse has a rotation in mind, but some of these guys are out, either from injury or health and safety protocols, and so you know they're just not in the rotation right now, and if they were in the rotation. Those other guys definitely, probably, <laughs> very likely would not be in the rotation. I mean, they're not even hardly getting the rotation now. So they're very, very likely not getting in the rotation then. You know, if Gary Trent Jr. is playing, if Ken Birch is, is still playing and, uh, you know, unfortunately broke his nose, um, if he's still playing. Um, you know, Watanabe didn't play against Miami, but Nurse mentioned where that's really just, he's, he's still ramping back up. I mean, he's unfortunately recently been in and out as well. Um of the lineup so you know normally he would play but uh you know not having those guys available is tough because if he did then he would play them and then this wouldn't be as much of an issue but not having them and opting to not play those other guys just playing your best guys and hoping to win this game because ultimately the idea is you want to make the playoffs understandable but at the same time you know and players and coaches nobody wants to hear this it's not really that fun to talk about either but uh, you're going to wear those guys down. And there's just like a ton of historical evidence to suggest that that's true. That, you know, if you put a ton of minutes on guys during the regular season, starters, no matter who they are, uh, unless they're like LeBron or something in their prime, I mean, they're going to wear down and uh, they could end up getting hurt. And a lot of the time it happens, you know, prior to the playoffs or they're just in generally make it to the playoffs, but they're burnt out or whatever. It just doesn't end up boding well for them there. So 
it's a tough spot to be in because you understand what Nurse is trying to do. You know, um, boils down to he's trying to win basketball games. He wants to play his best players. Some of those players aren't available to him that he would like to have in the rotation, and he's not comfortable playing some of those lower end rotation guys. Um, but meanwhile, he's also you know stacking minutes onto the onto the staples, and you know you're trying to keep these guys healthy. So right now, it really just seems like the only solution is either you know play some of these other bench guys, lower end bench guys who, you know, again, one of the worst benches in the NBA. Um, that's, that's tough. Uh, but you got to give the other guys some rest, more rest or, um, wait it out, you know, hope things are going to be okay. And then hope that you kind of have a, a stretch, uh, of just truly healthy basketball where you really do have at least, you know, kind of like 98% of the Raptors roster back, right. Or at least the general playing rotation, so that's what you're hoping for there. Um, but it's difficult with a thin at the margins team, which is what the Raptors are. What's what they were at the beginning of the season. It's what they are. And, you know, it's what they're probably going to be going into the postseason. So uh, the, Ra- the Raptors core is very, very good. But when you're playing these top level teams, um, it's going to be tough if your rotation is that is that uh, thin. And especially in the in the regular season, um, so yeah, um, you know, and maybe the NBA trade trade deadline, you know, maybe something happens there, and maybe maybe that's a focus for Bobby Webster and Masai that uh, they want to try and get some additional help that way. Um, who knows, right? If they're looking for a sort of an additional scorer slash shooter, a bench guy, quality bench guy, a big man, who knows? There's some different directions they could go heading into the trade deadline. But I mean, that is something to keep an eye on that um, they could be looking for. You know, I would say, I would say that, you know, um, the, the Raptors are. This regime for the Raptors historically is very cautious. They don't like to make a move unless they're certain that it's going to be a winning one. And I would say that probably holds true here that, you know, they're not probably not going to do something uh, reckless. I imagine that uh, if they make a move, they're going to be very, very confident of what's going to come from that move. And so I would just say that, uh, you know, heading into the heading into the trade deadline. But yeah, so that's just kind of the situation with the Raptors and um, who they are as a team this season, at least at this point. And it's kind of going to be one of the issues that they'll face every single time they play a top-tier team in particular is, you know, those teams are going to be a little bit tougher to overcome when um, you're a team that's thin at the margins and missing players on top of that. So that's where we kind of, that's where the, the team stands with that, and that's just what I wanted to say on that. So. Next up, uh, you know, last couple things here, just the Raptors schedule. Um, I just want to quickly mention it, and Raptors play, you know, tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, they're playing Dallas uh, West Coast games, so I believe that game starts at 8.30 Eastern. Um, yeah, Mavericks, Luka Doncic looks like he's rounding into shape a little bit recently here, and so... They're playing better. Always a threat to, um, you know, have a have a good game, the Mavericks. Uh, so you know, definitely not necessarily an easy one. Then the Raptors have the Wizards on Friday. 
Could be a trap game. Who knows? Um, and then the Blazers on Sunday, kind of the kind of the same thing. So, um, you know, definitely winnable games, more winnable games, um, and the Raptors could uh, could definitely kind of find themselves on a bit of a starting another streak here, possibly. Not out of the realm of possibility at all with the way they've been playing, uh, aside from the Pistons game uh, recently. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Raptors are in pretty good shape. They're a game above 500 right now, 21-20. and 20. Um, It's about where you'd expect the Raptors to be, probably, um, you know, around this time, heading towards the trade deadline, even... even um, even if you hadn't anticipated some of the stuff that's gone on this season, then yeah, I think the Raptors probably do look to be a buyer at the deadline and um, probably looking, you know, sort of to fulfill their destiny as a probably a low level playoff team. And uh, that could be really fun because, you know, it's been, it obviously didn't make the playoffs last season and that was kind of the blip on the radar. And um, this team, if healthy and, uh, you know, the core is all together and has got some time spent together, they could really do something in the playoffs. I mean, they could definitely make it tough on some teams for sure, you know, once it was going to click the locked in and stuff like that. And um, Nurse has been a pretty good playoff coach, I would say, as well. So, yeah, so exciting stuff for the Raptors um, and uh, a lot of season left ahead still, so lots to look forward to. Uh, so thank you again for listening to this podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. You can find more episodes of it. It's called The Raptors Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. And you can also follow the Clutch Points Raptors account on Twitter at Raptors Nation CP, where links to everything and anything Raptors will be posted. Until next time, um, you can follow me at Howvolution on Twitter. And you can find my own online work uh, at clutchpoints.com, of course. So, yeah, thank you again for listening, and uh, have a great day. Everybody.